welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others, and when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello, welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner, and today's chat is with the Nikki Norenberg, who's been on the podcast before, and I had to have her back because she is just such a wonderful soul, and she has so much insight and just genuine storytelling and experiences that I love to share with all of you. And if you don't already follow her on social media, you are definitely missing out because she drops so much knowledge throughout the week. And she's going to share some of that with you today. Hi, Nikki. I'm back. I'm so excited to be back. And, you know, just funny little ism here. I wish everybody could hear the chat that Alex and I were having prior to. We couldn't stop laughing, so we couldn't record. So that just tells you how excited and fired up we are to have another chat today. So thanks again for having me. Yeah, I'm excited you're here. And now, the first time we recorded, you were back home in Minnesota, and now you're in Texas. Correct. And how is Austin? It's good. You know, funny enough, we got here the day of the snowstorm. And as any Minnesotan would do, um, we were like, oh, this is nothing, you know, seven degrees, not a big deal. But the infrastructure here really could not handle it. And it was really devastating. And we were we were really lucky to be okay staying with my cousin, but it was quite the entrance. But I'll say Austin is a really amazing blend of um, the best parts of Minneapolis and pieces of California. So it feels really cool to be here and kind of blend my worlds together a little bit. And we're really enjoying exploring. Plus it's like, it was like 95 degrees this weekend, which is a little crazy, but it was gorgeous. And, and sometimes just that extra little burst of sunshine, you feel it deep inside your soul too. Does it rain much there? It does. Um, it does rain. They need a lot more to fill up the lake and the river, but, um, yeah, the weather is kind of, it reminds me of like a classic summer spring Midwest, which is really nice. That's the one thing about California, you know, uh, not to complain, but every day is 75 and sunny that you start to take it for granted. And so there is a beauty in being able to have just change and fluctuations in the seasons, because I think Mm -hmm. it's nice to have that variance to kind of just match your mood or where you're at. So I, so how my friend, I was telling you about faith is moving to California. We were actually talking about this because one of our best friends lives in Arizona and, you know, we were talking about the weather and just like, yeah, it's going to just be so nice in California, just like it is in Arizona. And our friend Kim was like, it is really nice, but sometimes you just want a rainy day. to do nothing. You almost feel guilty sitting inside when it's so gorgeous out all the time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think, um, I feel like we talked about this in our first talk, but there's so much symbolism in seasons and in nature that it's nice to be physically reminded of that sometimes. So, so yeah, definitely, definitely enjoying the new location and the possibility for, for meeting new people, you know, as an adult, I think there are challenges and benefits to meeting people, but I always think, 
if, if you're looking to continue to grow, there's always opportunity to meet new people in an area that you're looking to grow. Like recently I thought, I really want to be new at something again, something that has nothing to do with work. Um, something that has just something to do with me exploring. And so I started rock climbing and, um, it is quite terrifying yet exhilarating. And I'm really excited to just meet people in that community. Cause I've never, um, ventured over into that. I've always been kind of somebody who's been in the arts, like dance and um, into the wellness and spiritual space. So I'm kind of looking forward to, to meeting people who have this badass, I'm going to climb a mountain energy. And I'm just looking forward to stepping into some newness for sure. I love that. And I think it's important as adults that we try to find things that make us feel like we're starting over, like it's so brand new and we don't even know how to navigate or where to start. And you kind of have to lean on other people because I know this is a common topic of discussion that I have with a lot of other women, especially, and probably men face this as well, of meeting new people and making new friends as an adult and how challenging Mm -hmm. that can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think um, it's, it's really nice when you're in a place like Austin or like California, where I was living before, where majority of the population is transplanted there. So there is this kind of commonality amongst people that, Hey, we need to build community here. Whereas I think in places um, like the Midwest, where there's a little bit more of a rootedness there, it's, it's harder to kind of open circles up or, or see new things. And so it's, it's nice to kind of have everybody be, be really, really welcome and open to, um, making new friends. And I also have realized too, in my own life, it's helped me explore more of myself because of course I have friends that I've been with for my entire life that, um, know the lineage and the history of me. And I need that. And there's such beauty and importance and power in that longevity, but there is something about, you know, doing new things in your life and exploring new areas that maybe some of your, your lifelong friends cannot relate to or lifestyles they're not living. And, and to be able to explore, um, new relationships, it allows for you to get to know yourself in a new capacity. Mm -hmm. And, and I really have found that in, um, in all of the places that I've been and really trying to even see people that you don't like strangers. I, I had this conversation recently actually with Zach. And I was just like, have more conversation with strangers and find a place, a common ground that you can learn from something or learn, learn from them something or, um, that you can mirror in one another because there is so much beauty around seeing, really seeing people for where they are and how it can impact you. So random thoughts. I love that because so in my book club and Zach's actually in it yeah. as well. Shout out Zach on Hugh. If, <laughs> I know, I know you'll be listening. <laughs> um, just we've, we've talked a lot about um, everyone in the group. We all connected. I posted on social media, anyone on new book club, and that's how we all connected. And like, no one knew each other. I, they knew me mostly from alchemy, a lot of them, but some of them just like through random friendships, college, things like that. And nobody knew each other and everyone kind of like unified around the fact it's really hard to meet people, um, as an adult and make new friends as an adult. And then we actually just had the discussion of how, especially in the Midwest, Minnesota, and my friend Hannah used the phrase, it's womb to tomb in Minnesota. You're friends with people womb to tomb. And that's why it's so hard. 
And all of us are like, yeah, it is. And I love what you were talking about though, that there is so much power in that longevity of friendships, but it is also okay to embrace new friendships and seeing them for the newness and the added value that it can have in yourself. Because for me, I have a lot of friends that I have been friends with since junior high, high school, college, which that's a decade over a friend, like a 10 years over of friendships for each of these people. And I've started to realize my interests are not always aligned with the friends that I've had for the longest. I still love them. We still enjoy our time together, but I'm like yearning for that connection with people that are looking to maybe talk about sobriety or to talk about self-development. My friend, Chelsea, Mm -hmm. literally we just started hanging out in January, all virtual. And now we've been joking that we're dating each other to get to know each other as friends. Yeah, totally. He invited me to Suze's woman's circle on Monday and we did that. And it's like, there's something about these new friendships where you're starting to get to know these people as an adult, because how different are you today than when you met your friends at 10, 15, 18, you know? And so there is a lot of power in the friendships that have been there for a long time, but then there's also so much more that you can gain out of these new friendships. Yeah. And, and just alone, like, um, different states or different countries, like where people come from, the culture that they're raised in, um, the job history that they've had, the family history, you know, it's just different. And, and I think that it's so interesting learning just about humans and where they come from and where they're at. And I think that it always mirrors so much inside of us. And um, it's one of the most powerful pieces of the self-discovery journey is, is meeting new people and new community, because it also gives you an opportunity to, if you're trying to step into something new or access a new energy that feels really hard to reach in an old community because they have expectations of you, you can all of a sudden have this space and this, um, this, like this, this dismissal of, of attachment of how someone's going to respond in a new space with new friends, because they're not expecting anything of you. This is all they know of you. So it's mm-hmm. kind of this safeness of, mm-hmm. of and like a playground almost. Like I get to, I get to show up how I want to show up without anybody knowing my history or some of the things that I want to leave behind. Um, I get to be who I am now and move forward. And there's something really empowering about that. Um, not having to explain an entire past and just being like, no, this is where I am now. And I think it's kind of, it's a good manifesting tool as well. Um, and I think it's always important to just see, also, are you surrounding yourself with enough people that are a couple steps ahead of you that you mm-hmm. can, that can expand your mind? Um, Cause of course we all wanna in some rooms be the smartest in the room, but we also want to be in a room full of people much smarter than us. And you can replace the word smart with abundant, magnetic any of the words that mm-hmm. um accompany I guess this this energy inside of you but yeah super important to surround yourself with people that expand you one thing too I I struggled for a while with what we're talking about of this idea that it's okay to have new friendships while also mm-hmm. maintaining your old friendships it's almost just this guilt that kind of mm-hmm. oh my gosh am I leaving my other friends behind, but that's not the case. You're just recognizing that while maintaining those friendships, you also want to pursue, it's almost like a new hobby in a way you want to pursue Mm -hmm. different things that fill you up because you've changed Mm -hmm. 
over time. I mean, I've changed immensely from the person that I was even a year ago. And so finding people that can be aligned with what you're trying to achieve in your life, they want to talk with you about if you're doing self-discovery work, or if you are, you know, really passionate. I think what you were talking about of like, it's empowering to be around these people that are just like going after the things that you are. And it gives you this space to like create this version of yourself that you are aspiring to be because they're going to like lift you up towards that. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that your old friends can't do that as well. But when you find new people that are just getting to know you, I think they see you in this whole new light. Mm -hmm. 100%. And, And there's necessity for both, right? We need grounding, but we also need this this kind of expansion. And I think too, you know, as somebody who myself, I feel like I had a role of being so many people's like number one best friend for such a long time in my life. And I like prided myself on it. And um, there, there came a moment, honestly, like once I was living in LA, when I had just physical separation that I was like, I, I can't hold the space for all of these people and the expectation to show up as the number one, um, and also grow a business where I am helping people. And so, I mean, there is a lot of, of darkness and challenge in kind of restructuring, um, how you are able to show up for people as your life transitions. And I'm sure you've maybe experienced that too, as, you know, becoming a mother, priorities shift and, and there's no, um, there's no negativity around that. But sometimes I think it's challenging when you do have to have to shift things and you can't show up the same way you once did. And, and in the moment people think, oh, how selfish of you, but it's like, no, this is, this is like me literally taking ownership back of my energy. Um, it's just what I've really found. It's, it's like a beautiful and really dark process, but in the end, like looking back, it's so worth it because, um, I just feel like I'm able to better manage my energy. And also when I am with somebody, I am really with somebody, Mm. um, whether it be a friend old or new or a client, it's like when you're not like plugged into 8,000 different people at once and trying to show up for their needs all the time, Um, and you're, you're really intentionally plugging into one person at a time. There is just, it's so much more genuine and powerful. So that's kind of the, the model that I'm running my life on these days is specifically leaning into one person at a time, um, and not trying to, to keep up 24 seven amongst everybody. Which is such an important an important reminder for everybody because it's so easy to feel as though we need to be plugged in and talking to everybody about mm-hmm. everything all the time. But I, I mean, what you're talking about of taking ownership over your energy, I think that's so important. And it comes back to like finding the boundaries that you need to protect yourself and your heart and your energy, I think is a great way to think about boundaries allow you to protect your energy. And if you're showing up for someone and you're really investing in them and you're giving them your energy, chances are they're going to feel that and they're going to give it right back to you. So versus you trying to put your energy out to so many people, you're less likely to probably get that energy back and you're going to feel more drained. I think is almost just like, that's like a good image for me when I think about it of when I'm there one-on-one, it's like this exchange of energy versus me, like putting it all out to everybody. I'm less likely to get that same amount back. And so I'm going to leave feeling like more drained in the end. Yeah. And I think that we just are conditioned to, 
to feel like we need to be super human, to do more, to be more, to hustle more. And it's this just very masculine energy, right? Um, but success and happiness and fulfillment really comes from that feminine energy and realizing how precious the human spirit really is and how much nurturing and taking care of it needs. We spend so much of our life acting like we don't need to take care of ourselves. And that is just not reality. Um, the machine will break down because we're not meant to be superhumans. We're meant mm. to literally be human. Um, what a gift it is to be in a physical body um, and to be able to engage with other human beings and to make decisions and to listen, but we, we never really do that. Um, and that's been really my focus lately, personally, in my own development is um, focusing more on being human. You know, we look out so much for guidance, for inspiration, for education, which yes, all of those things are important, but we miss remembering that just our human experience in and of itself is inspiring enough. You know, I, I read all the books, I, I, I take the courses, I do all the things and yes, those are impactful, but um, being in my body, just existing, like climbing that wall for the first time, just being human and, and noticing the fear show up and then the pep talk I had with myself. And then like my scared little inner child came up and then I worked with her to keep climbing. Like I learned so much of just being a human and, and talking to people. And, and like I was saying in the whole, like talking to strangers, it's just like, listen to people really listen mm -hmm. and see what you can hear because um, we miss so much because we're, we're going to the next thing. We're reaching for the next thing. And um, our intuition and our messages and our wisdom is literally like everywhere around us. I mean, wherever you are listening to this podcast, whether it be at your desk or on a walk or in the car, can you literally presently look around right now and just see something that reflects back to you? see something that gives you a message or a feeling or a memory. And right there you realize, holy moly, there is power everywhere. And sometimes we forget that just simply being human beings uh, operating in a regular day and just adding more presence is, is the answer to all of our questions. Mm -hmm. Presence, it is hard. I mm. like I, I know that like when I think about being present for me I talk about this a lot how I'm working on it and so for me I use your calendar blocking that yeah. you know you had me start doing two years ago and it's literally changed my life when I actually fill it out and one of the things that I did to be more present was I when I wasn't when I'm not at alchemy coaching on the evenings that I'm not coaching, I always from four to seven, it's family time. Yeah. And that's when I've made sure all my work is done for alchemy. Um, and I can truly just like hang out with Clara and Jordan. If someone needs me, I've got my phone, I'm able to check it, but I'm truly being present with them and enjoying that time with them because it's so easy to just get caught up. And then all of a sudden an hour has gone by or two hours have gone by and you've like lost those moments 
And Jordan talked about this on the podcast about how he like struggles sometimes when, you know, Claire is like crying or, you know, being a toddler and Mm -hmm. how you can just be like, Oh, like what's wrong? Like, tell me what's wrong. And she can't talk yet. Mm -hmm. And he just is like, I wish you could tell me what's wrong. But then he goes back and wishes to savor those moments and just be in those moments because they're going to be gone before we know it. And I think that's like such a beautiful way to remind yourself to be present because even if you're in like the thick of something or something seems hard or challenging, if you can allow yourself to be present, it's not going to get easier, but there's going to be so much more beauty in it when you're just there living in that moment. Oh yeah. And, and I think so many thoughts came up while you were talking. I mean, first and foremost, there are structural things that we need to put in place to be present. That's just the day and age that we live in. We're constantly plugged into technology. Um, and so if you're going to have these containers in your calendar where you're like, this is for me, then, you know, eliminating technology, that means like literally putting the phone away or in another room or, or any like to-do list or anything and really allowing yourself to be there. Um, one of my current clients, she said, I have to get rid of my Apple watch because I have it on me as just like, this is what I wear. And I like to like track my workouts, but it's constantly reminding me of things that I'm, I'm getting pinged with. And so it's really, again, coming back to this, like, how can we be more human and less like bionic and like robots because we're just like responding and answering into things. And so like releasing any of the tethers that you have to these technology pieces that are pulling your attention in, um, just gives you the the space to be by yourself. And, and, you know, I've been really trying to do more in leaving my phone at home, you know, sorry, Gunther. I'm like, make sure you have your phone for safety, but I am not bringing mine. Um, but just to simply have that, that detachment and the release. Cause I think that we do sometimes have to create these parameters so that we can be present. Um, but then to your point of, you know, not wishing moments away, we're always living in the future, like, or in the past. Sure. There are people, some people that can't, you know, release the past, but the present moment is the only thing that we have control over or that we know. And so, you know, sometimes it's important to just be like, how can I be the best that I possibly can be right now today? And not thinking about, you know, as much as I love manifestation and setting goals and shit, it's like, Sometimes I just want to be like, what today in this moment, like, how can I make the best lunch for myself? How can I be the best coach to this client right now? Mm -hmm. Because we get lost in the forward and then we're never in the, in the real present moment. And it's in the present moment, looping it back around that we're actually the give and receive. And it's in the present moment that we actually create magnetism. Mm -hmm. What if you spent less time focusing on your social media strategy and spent more time focusing on how you show up in the things you're committed to already. That's like where I'm currently at with my business is like everywhere tells you what's your strategy, what's your goal, what's your content calendar. And I just feel like I want to be in where I am now, show up 110% to the things I'm committed to and letting that speak for itself. What if we could just let the way we show up speak for ourselves instead of constantly trying to, to prove it? Mm. Um, just some of my recent thoughts. And I, I 
think too, with being a business owner and social media, being a big platform for that, there's probably a lot of pressure, like you said, with the content planning, but when you content plan, and I don't do that for, we don't do that for, I mean, we kind of do for embolden, but not, it's based off of like, what are we experiencing in motherhood that we want to share with other people? It's real life experiences. And I think sometimes if you content plan so far ahead, I mean, I've, we started to look at that of like, do we want to do that? And then we kind of made the decision. No, we want to share like real time. What are we experiencing right now in this moment? Because that's, that's what people like to see is what's going on in your life right now. And sometimes that might be a long post about what you're experiencing. And other times it might literally just be a photo. Yeah. Um, This I'm going to butcher her name, but it's the bird's papaya. Do you know who that is? Mm -mm, mm -mm. I don't know if we've talked about her or not before, but she has a podcast. And one of the things she talked about on the podcast that I really loved was how she just uses Instagram to share her life as it happens. And sometimes she shares her thoughts. Sometimes she just shares what she was doing that day. And that's just what she puts out. And it's not something that's pre-planned and that works really well for her. And I think that's like such a great reminder of, you know, social media is meant to connect us in this socialization form of like, here's who I am. I'm a human. This is my life versus Mm -hmm. this pre-planned, thing that's been written out weeks in advance with a curated photo. And I don't know, it's, it's a good reminder to just allow yourself to step back and just be present. And if there's something you want to share on your Instagram feed, share it, even if it doesn't align with like your aesthetic. Totally. My aesthetic has no aesthetic. It's just photos. Same. I'm like, do I want to do green or yellow? Whatever. Um, No, those are such good points. And I think, you know, I really realized for me, like I have to be, I have to feel it in my body. I am such a creator by birth. Like I just, from like my dance side of, of self and just my creative energy, I have to be connected to it. And if I sit down and talk about all of the like pieces, I I don't feel connected to it unless I'm experiencing it or inside of it in some real capacity. And um, I I just really recognized, wow. So the strategy, non-strategy here is to just be more human more often, connecting to more things, being more observant and aware and present without the intent, without going in and saying, today, I need to create a post on Uh, time management. So I am going to dive into these things. It's like, no, just like letting what you're experiencing naturally come through you. And and then it's going to resonate with people more honestly, because, you know, I've taken a few different business coaching courses and everybody says, you know, inspiration is the business death trap. You never want to inspire people. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm pretty sure that every single person that has gathered around me in any capacity is because I've inspired them. And that feels really inauthentic for me to say, oh, I'm not going to inspire you anymore. I'm just going to hit all of your pain points. So I have really done a lot of unlearning and unpacking from some of the, the, strategic advice that I have received because I really think inspiring people is actually a really huge, powerful thing. It gets people to ignite flames inside of themselves to start taking action. And there's such beauty inside of that. And I think it's important to, um, and this doesn't just go for like business. And if you have social media, this is just like anything, whatever way that you feel that you can 
magnetize things to you, whether that be connected aligned relationships or opportunities or (laughs) ideal vacations or time off for yourself, find what that is. And don't let anyone else tell you what it can be. Because Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we think, oh, well, it's a successful strategy strategy for someone. So it's got to be successful for me. Everybody has their own blueprint. And that's why it's important to do your own inner work and to really see like what works for me, what feels good to me, because anyone's suggestion could fit or could not. Right. That's a really good point because it can be so we can get sucked down to this. Well, we saw, I, or I saw someone doing it this way. So I have to do it this way, but if it doesn't feel aligned and authentic to you, then what's the point of doing it? You need to find what feels good. And you've been talking a lot about, you know, feeling and remembering the human experience and being in your body and what that means to you. And can you explain that a little bit more of what it means when you're talking like being in your body? Oh my Just because, yeah, of course. I think it like some sometimes like you post the videos of you and you're just like, I just need to like move. Mm-hmm. That's what my body was telling me today, and I just think you have such a eloquent way of explaining what you're like being told, like from within. That mm-hmm. I think sometimes mm-hmm. is hard for other people to maybe understand, and I don't want to try to explain it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really layered conversation. Um, because I think a lot of people disconnect from their bodies for various reasons, right? Like there's a lot of heavy trauma stored in the body. Um, there's, you know, disconnection with feeling for multiple reasons or just feeling uncomfortable moving. And, um, you know, I am extremely lucky that I've been a dancer my whole life. So my body has been a tool and a vessel that's actually quite easy for me to, to use. But I would say in my recent years, really, as I've dug deeper into intuitive work, it's the listening because, you know, your body can be a tool to create shapes and to inspire people. But if you can't feel what's happening, then, then it's just a tool. Um, and so I think first and foremost, I mean, it seems so silly and simple, but it's, it's important to have a clear vessel physically, um, lots of water, good sleep, eating healthy foods, because, um, I oftentimes say like starting with some sort of eating healthy type of, or, or changing something habitually of your consumption gives you information already. Um, like, oh, this actually took my energy away or, oh, this actually gave me energy. And that's a very foundational place to begin because I think that through what we consume so much energetically or in our mood, or even in like discomfort or, or feeling we can learn. So that's like a super foundational place to start. But, um, paying attention to energy is, is the most, is the most important area, right? Like I think that some of us who are so ingrained and like, we must go to even alchemy every single day. That's my workout. That's my community. But what if one day you wake up exhausted, you know, your mental capacity is probably like, but I need to get to the gym. Like, otherwise I'm lazy. Like I I still want to work on my physique and whatnot, but your body is literally telling you, I need you to slow down. Mm -hmm. I need you to take it slow. Um, you know, personally, I I went to a workout class the other day and, um, typically my energy is high and I feel invigorated. And I was like, my body wanted to be on the floor. I was so exhausted, but I wasn't listening. I was like, I signed up for the class already. It's already in my calendar. 
So again, another foundational place is to just think about the physical activity that your body desires um, and, and listening when it wants to slow down and listening, listening when you need to slow down. Like if you have too much on your plate, I mean, Alex, you're a busy, busy woman. And for you, it's kind of like the signs of needing to slow down potentially might look like legitimate burnout. And then that's the thing, right? As, as human beings, sometimes we have to take it to that superhuman place of like, I've done so much. I am so exhausted. And then I lost my voice or, and then I get sick or, you know, there's always an ailment that shows up that finally like puts us on our, on our butts and says like, sit down, you can't work. Like gives us, I mean, how many times have you gotten sick? Because your body is like, sit down and don't do anything. And it's like usually the greatest blessing. Cause you're like, I hear you. I see you. I appreciate you. Let, let's, let's get back to a better relationship. Um, but, but really there's so much, there's so much wisdom inside of the, the tiniest fluctuations in our bodies. And obviously what I already mentioned was pretty foundational, but like our intuition and our messages, even when we're listening to a song, if you hear a word or a phrase a little bit louder, or when somebody is talking to you and you pick up on something, even in their body language, or when somebody walks into a room, recognizing the way that they make you feel, um, or even the way that you feel when you're in a room of certain people, or when you enter into a space, like if you go to a new gym or a new coffee shop, take a moment to be like, what does this feel like to me? Sometimes we forget to just ask ourselves, like, how does this feel? We just keep going from one thing to the next, but really like inquiring and saying, how do I feel? And if you can't answer that, then that's a great opportunity for you to, to start introducing some of these more foundational elements so that you can kind of work your way up to really hearing the communication of your body. Um, because it's always loud and clear, but it's always very soft. It's not, I mean, unless it's like a gut punch, right. Which that's usually when we've like not been listening for long enough. And it's like, here you go. Something will come up with a big old energy slap to show you if you haven't been listening, but if, if you actually are listening, the answers have been there all along. And you have to be willing to listen because that's the thing. If your body is telling you all these signals and you just ignore it, that's when you're going to crash. And if you don't ever listen to what your body is telling you, I don't know. I feel like you just naturally have to have like an energy block and you're not able to show up for yourself or others. If you just keep pushing aside what your body needs. I mean, rest days are huge. We talk about it a lot at Alchemy of take days off where if you feel like you need to move, come to an A flow, just move your body and flow through the yoga postures versus like forcing yourself when you're super sore or you're super tired, or maybe you go on a walk or Maybe you take a meditation, whatever it is, it's, you don't always have to go full throttle, but I think there's just a lot of pressure sometimes that we need to be go, 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 that we lose sight of actually exactly what Nikki's talking about of listening to what our body needs versus this idea of what we think we have to do. Right. And, and, you know, um, I like to, I like to do this with myself. Now I used to be very regimented in like how I did my morning routines and when I did certain workouts. And now it's just like, no, I leave that, that time frame open, but I decide what I need. And I let that guide me. And that's been, that's been really honestly empowering and educational in the same way, because 
then it actually supports me. And um, I think that just as like a daily practice for everybody, every morning, ask your body, like, what do I need today? And, and check in again in the middle of the day and check in like before bed and reflect, but like simply asking our bodies and putting there that as like um, a gen genuine inquiry back to self, you kind of have to answer. And if, if you have a, a difficulty in doing that, just sit a little longer. Um, and, and, you know, Gunther and I did this this summer, actually, I think that it, it potentially might be some sort of like functional training thing, but like drawing an outline of just like a stick figure body, um, and, and coloring or putting like circles or words around certain areas that you feel like, oh, my chest is really tight or my shoulders are tense, or, um, I feel super bloated or something, or, or, um, my head is spinning. I have so many thoughts, but, you know, finding whatever way works best for you to just be able to pull the messages out from your body and where they show up. It will be really powerful. It, I think the way that you broke it down is so it, it's not simple. Like it takes work to be willing to do that, but I think it's a great starting point for someone that is wanting to get more in tune with themselves and what they're are feeling in their body because our body, it does communicate to us. I think it's probably one of the harder things. I know I definitely struggle with like listening to what my body needs and I've gotten a lot better at it lately. Oh, since being pregnant, my body just tells me it wants to sleep all the time. Um, but I definitely lean into the days. And I talked a lot about this um, on my Instagram of just being pregnant. I think that is a great time to really listen to your body because I mean, your body doesn't feel like your own and you are growing a human and your energy is just really, it's totally different. And so I always talk about of if I wake up and I have breakfast and then I feel like, okay, I've got some energy. I'm, I'm going to do a workout now, but I don't force myself to work out. Like I, I don't have the set routine like I did pre-pregnancy of, okay, I'm going to try to get like five workouts in a week. You know, yeah. I, I just really go by, okay, how am I feeling today? If mm -hmm. I planned for a workout, but I end up not feeling like that's what I'm going to need. And instead I go on a walk. Cool. I'm going to go on a walk. I think the first like seven to 10 weeks of my pregnancy, I think I went on like four to six walks a week. And I yeah. maybe did like two alchemy workouts because that's what my body needed for the week. And I think the more we can get it in tune and listen to what we need, we're going to feel so much better because yeah, sometimes those tough workouts are what we need, but sometimes we just need maybe like a 30 minute walk with a friend to just talk. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's important for us to just recognize that although like we think something is benefiting us, there is a certain time period when it is hurting us. And, and to know that the more that we listen, the more that we're actually working with our bodies. You know, I have this current kind of curiosity and exploration of understanding like the female cycle um, and how to work with each of the phases of your cycle because there's science and, and all of this kind of tips and tricks behind what you should eat and how you should work out um, inside of these four different phases of your cycles. But again, it's just like learning that we in general, 
we want to work with our body and not against it. And, and it's a lot more nuanced. Like we want to put it in these masculine containers of like, if I work out, I'll lose weight, I'll have more energy and all of this stuff, but it's, it's really, it's more nuanced and it comes through listening and, um, you know, our intuition, people kind of think that our intuition comes through like the mind, which yes, like third eye and crown are up at the top, our receiving centers, but it's really the body that like it's receiving it. Cause your soul is what is taking over the vessel that is your body. And then there's so many ways to feel into messages and pings, I guess you could call it through the body. So within, you know, listening to your body in that physical sense, do you feel there's also a part of like listening? I, you are kind of touching on it with like that intuition, but listening, like mentally, like where mm-hmm. does that make sense? What I'm asking? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause thoughts are like really, really rampant and crazy fire and in people's minds and probably drives them a little bit crazy. Um, I, I recently did an IGTV on the difference between like intuition versus anxiety. And I think that that's a really important discernment to have because thoughts come in all of the time. And, you know, the purpose behind meditation is to slow your thoughts down and to really witness them. And I think it's important for us to recognize that, you know, intuitive messages that come to us are really just, they show up with no charge. And so some people will be like, oh my gosh, there's like fear and all this anxiety. And it's like, no, that's, that's actually like probably your ego coming in because your ego shows up when it wants to keep you safe. It picks up on all of this subconscious programming and things that have potentially happened over time. And it adds up this just like barrier of like, are you sure this, this, or this? And so trusting that that's actually more so your ego protecting you and anything that drops in as just a like, here's a nugget, pay attention to this. Um, is, is really where your intuition shines through. But again, we have to be quiet enough to even hear it because otherwise it would just get lost in the noise, you know, in the intuitive readings that I do, it's so common for me to see that the mind has completely taken over the crown, which the crown is like your receiving center. And it's like the mind has just taken up space. So there's no space for messages to even come into your body, uh, because the mind is so is so, um, rampant, I guess you could say, and, um, creating the space, which comes through unplugging, no noise, alone time, um, and listening in to the body to just be able to be able to discern between this is noisy and this is really subtle because it's the subtleties that, that show up. You know, I feel like I've had some of my most profound intuitive downloads, like driving my car or like randomly when I'm not expecting it. Um, but it's because I had, I've created space to just be able to receive and, and witness, right. Cause that's where the witnessing comes into play is it's almost like you see it and there doesn't need to be any nervousness attached to it. It's just this deep inner knowing. Um, and that's when we really start to learn how to work with ourselves. If our thoughts are just like if our mind is just consumed with our thoughts and just like this, like tornado of thoughts all around, how do you go about like clearing, clearing those out? Because I think, I I mean, my, I was texting you yesterday, like a little, little, that was like probably a a glimpse into my head. Like, I feel like I'm just like stirring all the time, all these 
millions and millions of things are going on in my head. And I try to find ways to slow down and allow, allow myself, like last night, I was just feeling excited and just unsure. And I feel like I've been in this weird funk lately. And so like I, my brain's been going like a thousand miles a minute. And I was just like, I, I need to take a bath and I'm going to listen to, um, bowls like meditative yeah. bowls and I lit candles and I ate an ice cream cone and it was amazing yeah. and I was just like wow this is so nice because it wasn't any lyrics and I could yeah. just like sit there yeah. and that for me I felt like I was just sitting there and I was just like willing to receive like whatever thoughts came up but I wasn't like thinking about anything yeah. and I'm just curious like are there other ways for people that feel like they're running at a mile a minute and they're not likely able to receive anything because they're constantly just stirring like how how can we like open ourselves up to wanting to receive those thoughts and that energy yeah that's a great question um a couple thoughts come forward right off the bat first of all um try not to solve anything i think that we're so solution based and it's like but how right? I'm so guilty of that. I like, I think of something or I have this revelation or I'm having a conversation with my coach and I'm like, but how? And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, let's just sit in this a little bit longer. Um, and I think that that comes from, again, this kind of more masculinely structured energy that our entire society is built off of, but just allowing ourselves to sit in the witnessing side of things. And I think it's important for us to kind of, I always say like, dump the bowl out, like dump out the thoughts into a page. And even if you're not an avid journal or just sometimes seeing the different categories or thoughts out on a page and, and letting yourself kind of go off in a tangent or, or see them for really what they are um, in more depth is really powerful. And there's this whole, you know, kind of brain dumping um, journaling school of thought where you just, you just dump and you like have a conversation with yourself. There's no structure. It just flows and flows. And it almost like takes the story where it needs to go and somehow brings you to a place of some sort of clarity. Um, because sometimes I think we just have to witness and find where it comes from or, or where it's being triggered or, um, what it's actually sharing or showing us. So, um, becoming a witness, um, putting it out on a page, but, but also I think sometimes getting the support and letting somebody else see potentially between the lines, what you're not seeing, because I feel like at least with people that I work with, I, there can be like a thousand words. And I'm like, I see the one thing. And sometimes like getting an outside perspective to just bring you to a place of narrowness to say, Hey, but let's come back to center and pay attention to this because there's a different energy that ignites inside of you. And of course we can do this ourselves, like by all means, pay attention to the energy behind certain thoughts or certain things. And if it's something that really lights you up and gets you excited, that is where your focus should be. You know, things that feel really draining and hard and exhausting and, and fear-based pay attention to that. And it all comes back to energy, all comes back to energy and, and witnessing what comes up when those thoughts occur. Yeah. We actually did a brain dump in a group program that I was in. Um, and it was just like really interesting to hear what came up for everybody because 
some of the girls were like, I just wasn't sure what I was going to write down. And then I ended up filling a page or more yeah. with all these thoughts and things that came up for me. And that is, it is such a good reminder because I forgot that I had even done that, yeah. <laughs> but it was like such like a nice way to just like get things off your chest of like, what are you thinking about? And sometimes I think you don't even realize you're thinking about something or holding on to something until you write it down and you just have to like yeah. write it down and kind of like get it out there. And that helps it really does help like make you feel like lighter. Oh yeah. And I mean, it like, it's kind of like, um, a dear diary inner child exercise as well, because I think like when we were kids and we had our like journals or our diaries, we didn't like think am I journaling properly? Like, is there a structure I should follow? Or like, is there an outcome I need? It's like, no, we just went to our journals when we wanted to express. And I think sometimes we just have to let go of the reins and the expectation of what's going to come out of it and just have a genuine conversation with ourselves. It could start as like, I have no idea what I'm going to write today or where I'm going with this, but I'm feeling super triggered. The trigger feels like this. And then all of a sudden you go down this path and something shakes out at the end because that's where the, like the clarity comes through is getting through the noise to get to the, to get to the golden nugget Mm -hmm. at the bottom. So we talked a little bit about this before we started recording about inner child work and how you are reconnecting with some inner child work with, for yourself and some of the self-discovery work that you're doing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we touched on it a little bit and how that was a part of your creation for your first program and for Mm -hmm. your uh, DCA program and how that came into play for you. And I just would love inner child work has been a topic, at least in my world that I'm hearing a lot more discussion about, but I think a lot of people still don't really understand what that means when Mm -hmm. they hear it. And I think it's such a powerful way for us to get to know ourselves better. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the inner child is, is most typically affiliated with like therapeutic work. Um, there is so much wounding in the inner child, like everybody, no matter how magical your, your childhood experience was like, we all have wounds and pains that we pick up in, in our youth. And I think therapy really deeply dives into that and, um, it's powerful. It's necessary. We have to see something we have to feel. I heard this somewhere. I forget where it was. So forgive me for not giving credit where it's due, but like, um, you have to feel in order to heal. Like you have to go to the place in order to heal it. So yes, like there is such a powerful component in, in going back and and healing the pain and the wounding, which again, more therapy side of things, but in, in the inner child work that I really support people with and, and in what I have connected with, um, is the magical inner child. And that is the, the essence of your soul because, you know, your soul arrives in a newborn's body and it's the same soul that's in my 32 year old body right now. It's not like the body is what grows. The soul is what stays the same. So there really is this true and pure essence in the soul right away when it arrives. And I think, um, when we're young, we have so much more freedom to play and create and explore and be little and, and learn and not know like what is expected of us before, you know, society really grabs hold of us and, and really (laughs) shakes it up. And, um, and we forget that the magical inner child is really like who we're always aspiring to be because our, our essence, our, our soul shined through at a very young age before we expected anything from it. And, um, 
what I have found in, in my work is, you know, it was my magical inner child that helped me see that I wanted to help people find their soul and then their purpose and to create a program. It was literally remembering that I've always wanted to do this. Um, and then now as of recently, you know, I'm really, as I've been in, in my own business for like two years and I'm, I'm just really feeling this want to shift into kind of a new way. Uh, I keep coming back to the magical inner child, the dancer, the performer in me that was on stage and, and, um, guiding big groups of people. And, and that like really ignites me and it's so simple. Uh, you know, we make it complicated. I've spent so much time over the last couple of months personally, like, what about this? But what about this? And like the logistics and the how and the whatever. And, you know, just this morning with, with my own coach, it was so, it was such a duh moment. It's like, did you realize the energy behind the way that you were just describing how natural and excited it was for you to be on stage? And I was like, well, yeah. And she was just like, yeah, so do that. Duh. But it's, again, it's like, sometimes we just, we complicate things and we look so far away from ourselves that it's just like, go back to the moment that you felt the most alive. And, and it doesn't have to be literal, right? Like I tried the dancing thing and it was not for me. Um, I followed that once before, but it's, it's the, it's the roots beneath what that was for me that really brought me back. And, and, you know, we can learn and we can educate ourselves and get all the certifications and all the things. But the way that we thrive the most is, is by utilizing our, our natural born gifts and talents and finding ways um, to share them with the world because then it's effortless. It doesn't have to be hard, right? And I'm not saying like, oh, everything's easy. Like being an entrepreneur is never easy. Um, but when you do your work, when you show up in your work, like even this Alex for me is like, oh, it just like lights my soul on fire to have these conversations and to mm -hmm. speak about it with another human being. And it's just like, this is part of what I get to do. Mm -hmm. And that is so incredible. And it's, and it's easy. It feels good. And, and so that's just like my kind of bring back to everybody is just keep going back to the magic and see the things that lit you up. Maybe it was the sports team. Maybe it was pretending there were fairies around you or something or playing with animals or something and just bring yourself back to the roots of, of, of why or how those can come back. Um, Cause that really truly has been for me the most clarifying journey. Mm -hmm. just back, back to her. Cause she, she's a badass. Like I said that I was like, my, my magical inner child was a badass. She didn't care who was looking at her, who was making fun of her. There was like zero care in the world. So in her body, so ready to talk to and be and express whoever she wanted to be without expectation. And, and that is me. And I have put so much of, of society and expectation around who I should be. And in reality, I'm like, no sister, that's you. So let's get back to it. And and um, be yourself, you know? So there's my little like speech in there about the magical child. Isn't it crazy though, how, God, kids are so cool. So cool. You know, like why, when we were kids, we didn't care. 
you know, and then we reach a certain age where bullying happens and people start to impact us. And then we start to conform into fitting the mold of what we think people are going to like if we do X, Y, and Z. And that's when I, that's when we start to lose ourselves. And I don't know, have you seen the movie Palmer? No, it's so good. And it, what I love about it. So it's with Justin Timberlake. Oh, well, then I better see it. He is my yeah. number one. <laughs> it's really good. The little boy that lives next door loves to play with dolls, loves to play with dolls. And Justin Timberlake, sorry if anyone watching this, I won't give too much away. Justin Timberlake uh, and his grandma live next door to this little boy. And the little boy comes over to play and he's playing with his dolls. And Justin Timberlake says, boys can't, boys don't play with dolls girls do yeah he says boys he says boys don't play with dolls and then the little boy looks at him and goes well I'm a boy and I play with dolls and it's like he used that opportunity that could have like potentially pushed him into a direction that didn't feel aligned to himself but he just kept doing the things that he wanted to do because he knew it brought him joy it literally lit him up this little boy and he does all these things in the movie that are so adorable that are totally like what society would say, boys don't do that, but Mm. that's not true. And we're starting to learn a lot more about that. I think as a society as a whole of just, it doesn't have to be boys do this and girls do this. It's kids get to do whatever they want to do and whatever excites them. If a little girl wants to play with GI Joe, cool. And if a little boy wants to play with Barbies, great. Like let them do what brings them joy. And let's try to like keep their minds clear versus like forcing them in this mold. And as a parent, I think it's so challenging because I want to be able to bring our kids up in a world where they feel like they can do whatever they want, but it's not going to be us in our house that's going to be holding them back from feeling like they can it's going to be the outside world and I know it's interesting because I'm starting to think about you know as they get older like what types of things can I do to help them stay connected to that inner child yeah yeah and I think it's just it's empowering empowering them to and I don't have kids but this is just like my two cents it's like empowering them to be what they want to be, feel how they want to feel and like letting them know that that's okay. Even if somebody says it's not, Mm -hmm. because, you know, I, I just, I think even in adulthood, we're so vulnerable and susceptible to just being like shut down or seeing somebody else in a similar lifestyle as you be more quote unquote successful than you and it making you feel like you're wrong. But we have to also remember, like, each of us has such a different path. You know, I I was talking with my sister the other day, and, and we were just talking about self-development, and she got married young and had kids young and is starting to kind of inquire now about her self-discovery process and was even feeling a little bit sad. Like, I have never taken the time to really understand myself. And I said, we all have our own, like, timeline and journey of when this happens. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so hard to be in a society where we we expect it it to look exactly like someone else's. It's like, we are all going to get thrown challenge. We're all going to get thrown success and growth and love. Like it it just comes at different times and different packages. And that's why it's so important to 
to witness what's happening in you and follow what's going on in you. And, and, and to a certain extent, putting, putting your blinders on when it is really tearing you down and trusting that like, okay, my path, my journey is, is right on time because it is, you know, I think about people that don't start their careers till they're 40 or, you know, don't have children until later in life or whatever it may be for, for people. And it's just, it's right on time for, for where you need to be. Yes. I think, gosh, I say, I think a lot, (laughs) but I do, I do think that what you're saying, it's such an important message because I mean, I, my friend Laura was on the podcast and we talked about this as well. There's so much pressure around meeting certain milestones at certain points in our life. And if we don't, it feels as though we've failed, you know, and what you're saying is so beautiful. It's like your journey and it's on your time. And the more you can come back to that and not let society make you feel like you haven't reached where you're supposed to be at whatever age you are at, like that's going to give you your power back because we lose our power when we let that idea that is pushed onto us of needing to be in our dream job, have kids, be married at a certain age. But if we can just like you said, put the blinders up and remind ourselves like this is my journey mm-hmm. and it's on my time. Nobody else's. Yeah. And I just think that's such an empowering message to come back to because we do get so much pressure. We yeah. do get so much pressure. Well, and that this circles back really serendipitously to like the very beginning of our conversation. Um, if you're having a hard time feeling okay with your timeline, then find somebody at somebody's timeline that's similar than yours or find somebody whose lifestyle is similar to yours. Right. Because like, I think about, you know, for, for me, Gunther and I are living in Airbnbs right now all over the country and, you know, trying to decide when and where we want to have a family. And there's so much pressure to secure buy a house in a place that you're never going to leave. And a lot of the models that I have do that. And it's, and that works greatly for them. But for me, I'm like, what is the way that I want to create my family and live? And, you know, do I want to travel? Do I want to live in two places? And so I'm, I'm currently like actively looking for people that I can see successfully do that because we sometimes just have to look for it. If, if the place that you're looking, you don't see what you're looking for, you're looking in the wrong place, go look somewhere else because it exists. People live in so many different ways and are successful at successful at so many different things in different ages in different time frames you know, um, and, and it's just so important for us to almost sometimes have proof mm-hmm. and it's not in a comparison way. It's almost, it's just a supportive way of like, like it see, can be done. Yeah, it can be done. And I just remember when I decided to be an entrepreneur, like soaking in as many successful entrepreneurs as possible, because coming from corporate structure, I had no, I had no idea that you could be so successful as like a solopreneur and um, really letting my mind soak in all that was available that I never it, knew existed. It's such, it's such a great reminder that there are people out there that are going to help you to like see the world is expansive and there is so much to it. I, what you're talking about, I do a lot of, 
I love looking to see families that travel with their kids because so yeah. often people are like, well, there goes vacation. And I'm like, fuck that. If you think I'm yeah. not going on any trips, like you're insane. Mm-hmm. I will bring my children with me. Mm-hmm. There'll be times that we will travel with our, without our kids. And that yeah. that's our choice. And granted we've been, it's, we have had our children in a pandemic, so we haven't right. gone anywhere, but I, that is something I'm constantly loving to look at. I don't know if you've heard of the league travels and I don't know if they're still traveling, but they have a daughter. You should follow them. They have a daughter. They just flew to Hawaii with her. Um, They traveled all around the world. Like that's what they did. They traveled around the world, stayed in all these hotels. And I don't know if they've settled down now or not with their child, but they're still traveling. Like that's still a very big part of their journey and their story. And I see stuff like that. And it's exactly what you're talking about of like, okay, it can be done. I can do this. Where I struggle is going back to what you're talking about of like that outside pressure. And so it's really important to put those blinders up because you have to protect yourself. If it's something that you feel like you can do, or you really feel called to like travel or to start that job or to leave that job. And that feels so right. Do it without letting everyone else put their two cents in. (laughs) Well, and that is like, I've been really thinking about just the idea of want lately Mm -hmm. and how unrooted that word is. Like, I think I want this. It's like, no, I want this. But then when there actually comes a point to make a decision on it or to state your case to somebody else as to why you want something, it all of a sudden becomes wishy-washy. But to really root and ground your wants is the most important thing. Because if you say anything with conviction and confidence, anyone will believe you or anyone will like, be like, okay, yeah, you really want that. And I think, um, you know, I learned that so much when I was trying to prove to my parents that I was going to, you know, quit my abundant job and leave the scene and, and do all of this stuff to, to do my own thing. And I, I didn't believe in myself at first. And then finally I started being like, no, this is the life that I want I, I want to struggle to see that I can make it myself. I want to prove to myself and to you that I can make this work. Um, and it's really, it's so important to, to ground into your wants. And so if you want to travel, have that conversation with yourself as to why you want to and, and know it in your bones so that when anyone asks, it's not pressure. It's literally just sharing. Like, this is like, this is what I want. I value this. And maybe you attach it to a value because values are such a like blueprint of our lives. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, rooting your wants, super, super important. Yeah. I, and I love that you tied it in with your values because it is important. And if you're someone listening and you have not set values for yourself in your life, you have to do it. I mean, I think back to, Every school had a set values. Your job probably has a set core values. You know, why don't you have your own values for yourself? Because that's such a great way to guide yourself into your decision-making of your life. Like, does this align with the values and the life that I want to create for myself? Yes. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, remember life is a paintbrush. You get to paint Mm. it. Um, It's your creation. So allow yourself the space to do that. I think sometimes it's like we put the, the paintbrush in other people's hands and say, well, I can't, but you can create and do what you want. And if you want it badly enough, you will find a way to, to make it happen. And I just think, you know, 
Although no, are we not meant to be superhuman robots? Like I mentioned before, human beings in just the essence that we are, are capable of a lot by literally just listening and, and being in tune and following what we've, what we want and desire. It's, it's really that simple. If that becomes your focus, I almost guarantee that that will open up like abundance and love and fulfillment in your life. I love this. This has been such a good talk. We got to talk (laughs) about so many amazing things. I love it. I love it. Do you have any last burning desire comments before I ask my last question? Yeah. Huh. Love that. Any last thoughts? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I'm sure that your friend will cut this long pause out. <laughs> um. <laughs> this is us telling you to cut this long pause out. Yeah, please. Uh, <laughs> I would say. Mm. My my final little thought slash suggestion to mm-hmm. all of you is to. Do a little experiment on yourself for a week of just being more in your human experience to witness, to observe, and to feel. Mm-hmm. And take note of the wisdom that comes up. And um, yeah, see what see what happens from there. Because really, it's all already here. You just gotta you just gotta give yourself the time and the focus to pay attention to it. Nikki, what is the ripple you want to create? Oh, baby, you I'm to sure create I... another one. <laughs> I I don't really remember what I said at the last time, but I'm sure it's something similar. Um, but the ripple that I want to create is is truly just empowering people to uncover the absolute magic inside of themselves, mm. um, the trust, the power the unique authenticity um, and, and just the magic because everybody has so much magic inside of them. And it's just a matter of being able to see it first, to feel it, that you'll then be able to do something with it. We focus so much on the doing, but we have to see it and feel it first. So that is the ripple I would like to create. Yay. It's out into the world. And where can the listeners find you? Which if you are not already following her from the last episode, you are missing out because she puts out IGTVs. She's hosting a bunch of workshops now. You got to get in on the Nikki Norenberg uh, IG website info. So thanks. Yeah, IG is a good classic um, at Nikki.Norenberg. And I've got a link to some of my other things in my bio there, but otherwise my website is NikkiNorenberg.com where you can find some of the other ways to work with me, but that's where I reside. Yay. (laughs) Thank you to our listeners. And thank you, Nikki, so much for coming back on the podcast. It was so wonderful to get to have you on again. For everyone listening, make sure you hit subscribe and follow. And if you love today's episode, leave us a rating and review. Until next time, let's go out and start creating ripples.